Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, Love Ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Happy African American Music Month, and we want you all to stay cool in this hot-ass weather up in Texas. Sunny DNA, what artists do you listen to when you need, like, a pick-me-up? Or do y'all have a favorite artist? I have a few. One being Brandy, as per usual. If you've listened to this before, you already know these things. Um, But I also have on heavy rotation at any given point. LMI, a lot of Isla, pretty much all of her stuff. I love Chloe X Halley. Them as a duo is, I just enjoy their music. So I always listen to them, especially that deluxe um, Ungodly Hour, a fave. And then I've recently, and I've listened to her before, but I think I've recently gotten back into more of her discography is Kiki Palmer. I think mine depends on my mood and what kind of pick me up I need. So if I need some encouragement, girl power, like I need a dance moment, it's going to be Beyonce, her newest studio album. I have my faves. I have marked them accordingly. If I need some rap, if you will, not necessarily trap. It's going to be Earth Gang, ah, 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 Dreamville, Gang, 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 or the Dreamville compilation album that was curated by DJ Drama, because you cannot go wrong with a DJ Drama track. By the time this airs, it will be a couple months in, but he just dropped a new album. Go listen, go listen, go listen. Okay. For me, mine also depends on my mood. Like if I'm needing like an encouragement, it's, um, I forgot the person who sings it, but encourage yourself, like the gospel song, encourage yourself. <laughs> And then for my daily one, I feel like TikTok has took this and ran with it, which is like, yay. But at the same time, it's like, damn, that's my song. Charlie Boy, on my mama, on my hood. I look fly. Yeah, I look good. Yeah, touch my swag, bitch, which you could. Um, so that's the one that like I come. Yes, it does say that. I think if not, I put the word in there. <laughs> but those are mine. And then my all like I would say any mood I'm in, of course, is Beyonce. Like Beyonce can definitely get me in the mood but also cardi b and ty tribute oh my gosh he's just an amazing freaking artist like he is great and he has a concert coming up i'm hoping to go to so girl have you listened to the live of the newest album oh my goodness it's so good and he just did a tiny desk so so good yes it's so good i was in the car jamming bumping my little gospel music like it was i don't know like it was beyonce but yes nakai and listeners and sunny d y'all need to go check it out so his tiny disc has been literally getting so much play and i'm loving it yes come on ty and i'm like i'm hoping so many people this is introducing him to so many new art um new fans because this guy's amazing well guys you know we do either or every week because we just love it so much. This week's either or is, would you either want to learn about hot topics and pop culture two months behind or scan social media for 20 minutes first thing every morning for pop culture hot topics? What say you all? So I'm nosy, right? And I thoroughly enjoy being on the Bird app. It is a blast. Black Twitter is the only reason why I even have Twitter to begin with. With that said, I'm trying to be more, or I'm working on 
intentional mornings, what I call intentional mornings, and that's not having any sort of social media before 10 a.m. So I'm just going to have to be late to the game and get all the tea two months later and look at all the funny memes after the fact and just be late to everything because my mornings are important for how my day goes and that 20 minutes will turn into two hours because I know that about myself. So I'm going to be late to the game and learn everything two months behind. Yeah, I'm agree with you on that, Sunny D. I'm already six months behind on most pop culture anyway. So... <laughs> I, at least I'm more relevant. But yeah, like my mornings, mm-mm, I do not like touching my phone in the morning. Um, So if I have to look at my phone for the first 20 minutes just to look at pop culture, nah, that ain't how my, my mind, brain, or life is set up. So we are unanimous. I would rather be two months behind on pop culture because honestly, I'm already two months, if not more, behind on pop culture. Like Jay gets on me all the time about my Twitter not being black twitter curated and me being behind on everything so yeah this would be per use for me but great either or ladies i like that and so as y'all all know we have a quote of every episode and today's quote is memories play a very confusing role they make us laugh when we remember the times we cried but make us cry when we remember the times we laughed i thought this was interesting because the mind is very complex and it is it fascinates me personally in how we remember things that have happened that at the time was like terrible and maybe even traumatic but now we can look back and laugh at those things and there are some things that were funny once upon a time and you laugh so hard that you end up crying so I I feel like this is something that is accurate but I also find it interesting because sometimes we misremember things that actually happened like things that happened it actually happened differently than what our mind tells us happened which I find that to be really interesting. And I feel like there's a whole slew of reasons why that is. But it, it also makes me wonder, is that the reason why some things that were super terrible once upon a time make us laugh now because we remember it differently? And at the time, it was actually pretty horrifying. I don't know. Sanity, I think it could be that. But I also go back to that famous saying that you live life forward, but you understand it backward. So a lot of times the things that were so traumatic or so deep to us, you know, going through it. A lot of times when we are removed and history has a way of smoothing those rough edges, we see that it wasn't as deep or we have further context that minimizes it and lessens the degree of hurt or whatever that we felt. This quote, I'm going to be honest, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, Yeah. I just laugh because you're like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) the ambivalence of you and this quote together. I just think of this quote because like when it talks about like the times that you laughed and now you think about it and it makes you cry. And I think of like when I lost my grandfather, I'm remembering remembering the times that we laughed and like all those good great times. But now it makes me cry because I don't have that anymore, you know, or um, thinking of like something as small. Well, it could be small to everybody else, but big to me of like the times that we would go to the, for instance, nay, when we um, first start hanging out, we went to, I forgot which uh, beach it was, but we were over there to taking pictures and everything. And we were like, hey. And like one of the ladies was like, are y'all sisters? And we'd be like, yeah. Um, like it makes me laugh right now, but also I can feel my body because like something that now we're so separate, like we're literally miles and miles apart. No, we're countries apart <laughs> and just having those amazing, beautiful memories. But at the same time, it's like, dang, I want to be there physically. I want that person here physically. So with the way my brain is set up, why did like four different song lyrics come up in all of that? <sighs> Share them, share them. I might end the blog. So y'all, this week we are talking about pop culture, in case you didn't gather that already. As I just explained, me and social media are associates at best. Like I'm not really one that anyone should come to regarding what's new or trending in pop culture, because honestly, I probably ain't got it. The memes are hashtag y'all see with the I was today years old when I found out XYZ could be a chapter in my book of life. Google is my best friend as I am constantly getting new info that I am unsure of but don't want to sound ignorant repeating. So ladies, are y'all like me or are y'all more knowledgeable about what's going on in these streets? 
I feel like the social media age has made me feel as if I know nothing at all because every other day there's something that I'm like, wait, what? That's how long has that been a thing? You know what I mean? Like, and we're all from the age of really not having social media growing up. Like we're that generation that knows pre-social media and then we know everything about it. You know what I mean? And a lot of these new kids, they're coming up with stuff. And I'm like, has that been there the whole time? So now I feel like I don't know anything at all. That's so funny because I feel the same way. I feel like the faster social media comes out with something, the more older I feel because I'm like, wait, what happened? What's the new dance? What we doing? What we wearing? Oh, this is cute now. This is in like, and this is so funny because again, when you're older, you're older. I was today years old when I found out there is a museum, <laughs> museum that has cassette tapes, <laughs> CD players and CDs as historic items, baby. My life just, I just, I don't know. I'm like historic. That was like five, 10 years ago. Historic. I'm hit. I'm a history. Lord. That's what it feels like. It feels like all this stuff happened like a week and a half ago. 10 years max. You know what I mean? So when I see stuff that quote unquote comes back in style and I'm like, wait, have we been alive long enough for stuff to come back in style? Because, you know, everything is cyclical, right? Like everything comes back around generations of generations and, you know, 10, 20 year like chunks. And I'm like, wait, are we, we're old enough that stuff from like the nineties is coming back. And I don't know how to feel about that. Like when I saw people wearing chokers again, I was like, what is happening here? Because why? Who even still makes those? Number one. Number two, where are you getting them from? And why is this now a thing? And when they come back, they're always called something different. They're always called something different. And I'm like, that ain't what that is. Or can we talk about the resurgence that Champion Sportswear has had? Like Champion used to be sold at Walmart, but now it's at H&M, like all the movie stars and everybody are wearing it. That is crazy to me. I don't understand stand it but some of that stuff I kind of want to get a champion sweatshirt don't judge me if you see me in these streets with one you know what is the language that's used around it like I saw I think it was on TikTok I don't have a TikTok because again I try to be intentional with my time and I already know how Instagram and Twitter has me in the toko but people will repost their TikToks on IG which is how I see them and I saw this girl she looked like she was maybe 17 18 like she was still a kiddo and she had I don't know if y'all remember we didn't really do this because our hair texture is totally different but for the non-melanated folks they had that weird comb choker thing that they like put in their head to like hold their hair back now you know what I'm talking about Nakai you would know what I'm talking about the banana clip no it's like a Mm -mm. it's the one that's like a circle and you unsnap it and then it has the teeth and you can put it like on your hair and the white, the white version of a puff cuff. Okay. Kind of. Yes. And there's no puff to actually cuff, but yeah, essentially it's like, it's, it, it stops at about here to kind of get their hair out of their face. It was like that. Anyways, she was like, Oh, oh I it was bendy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That thing. So she was like, she's like, oh, I found this new, like, I've discovered this little, discovered, they always discover shit. But anyways, they found this, (laughs) she found this new headband like thing. And then she gets right up in the camera and she's like, what time period was this? I almost threw my phone. I almost threw my phone. This heifer had the uh, caucasity to say time period. Is this the 1800s? What the fuck are you talking about? I was so mad and every time it keeps, because people keep circulating it. So every time I see it, it makes me mad. And I'm like, that was literally just the 90s. Like that was like two weeks ago. What are you talking about time period? Girl, I thought you was going to say they brought back my favorite and I was going to have one of y'all go to the nearest beauty supply store and get me some. I thought you was going to say they brought back butterfly clips. I'd have been like, now nah, I'm did. here for that. They did. I, I'm here for some butterfly clips now. You can tell us nothing to your hair and them little twisties or them little braids at the top. Then get you little butterfly clips looking like a fake headband yes all day long like love 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 had them had like two boxes of them all different colors like any outfit I had you know my butterfly clips was gonna match my outfit and I was gonna be out here just butterflying away like 
oh my gosh, I miss the, I miss our days. <laughs> I think they did bring those back low key. They have, cause we had so many different styles. So they had the tiny, the tiny ones that clipped on your little twist or your braids or whatever you had at the front. And then they had the bigger ones that actually had the, the, the wings that were on like a tiny spring. So they would move every time your head bobs. I had all of those. I don't know if they brought those, the bigger ones back, but I've seen the smaller ones um, because those that are not melanated have now discovered them. So now they're like a thing now. Let me find out they are for sale at Urban Outfitters for like $40 a pack. And you only get six. Capitalism at its finest. But no, um, Sunny D, to loop back what you initially said about the young kids doing all of this stuff and reinventing things. I have a question for y'all. Do you think that their creativity is on a thousand and being showcased to come up with these new ways? Because the generation before us are the one that they say bucks tradition and the status quo. So they're, whereas we were the ones who, you know, did what our parents told us to do, did things how they said that we should do them. They're the ones that's like, "Mm, nope, I'm gonna figure it out myself. So do you feel like that's why it has been is surgeons of new ways to do things, new ways to, yeah, pretty much do things. A part of me can see that as being something that like exists. Like I can see that being them being really creative because these Gen Z people, like they are not with the shits, generally speaking. They're really not. So and they're owning their creativity, right? They know that they are that there are ways to um, be creative and to make a living that don't really follow the status quo. And us as millennials are m- moving away from what we grew up knowing and trying to figure out well, what does that look like for us. Gen Z, they know this for, like out the gate, so they already know like what the deal is. At the same time, I think the majority of that is seeing a bunch of Black people do stuff and then the, then rename it and then it becoming popular because it came from a non-melanated perspective and not an original perspective but maybe I'm jaded I don't know okay so ladies give me some things we know um Sunny D said that the little European puff cuffs are back in stock what are some other things that we were today years old when we found out or that have now returned around the sun as being it or hot I would say for me I was today years old when um I literally found out and I am using this probably every other night and I'm loving this. Um, So I don't know how often y'all eat oranges, right? But the orange peel, if you use that on your face, literally it is packed with so many nutrients and vitamins. So it's like a vitamin C serum or moisturizer or cleanser for your face. So how I found this out, my friend, I was eating an orange and I was about to throw my pillow away. She was like, no, 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 give it to me. And y'all know I'm a germaphobic. So I'm like, you know, my mouth been on this. She was like, just give it to me. And then she like starts putting it on her face. And I looked at her like, bitch, are you weird? And so <laughs> then she like started to explain to me and she was like, I'm gonna challenge you just do it for a week and see if you see any results. So she was telling me like, y'all know that vitamin C serum that that you can put on your face. Um, that's like, if you get the really, really good kind of can be like 85 to $90 just for a small, like two ounce bottom of vitamin C serum. Y'all looking at me like, nah, well, <laughs> so you can do that. But she was like, no, this would be the same, but it's all natural. So I started like doing it and literally like, and I only do it like every other night um, because I have to eat an orange to get it right. So I do <laughs> So I do it every other night. And bruh, when I went to work, so I want to say today will be my week. So I went to work on Thursday and one of the girls who, I shouldn't call her a girl, she's a grown ass woman. She came up to me and she's always well put together, like flawless to the T. She came up to me and she was like, hmm, what you been doing on your face? And I was like, um, sleeping. She was like, it looks like brighter. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna take that. And I was like, oh, I have been doing something new. I've been using this orange peel. So I was today years old when I found that out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a secret that no one tells you until you know. Do y'all want to know the science behind that? So those peels that you use are high in citric acid. What citric acid does, it's it sloughs off the dead skin cells and speed new cell turnover when applied to the skin. This will then promote new skin growth that can help alleviate the appearance 
appearance of age spots, acne scars, small wrinkles, and areas of uneven skin tone. By areas of uneven skin tone, they mean the high um, the hyperpigmentation that most melanated skin is prone to, and it is a mild approach to a chemical exfoliant, which once again sloughs off, sloughs off those dead skin cells. So similar to a milder version of your benzoyl peroxide salicylic acid or glycolic acid masking pills. I'm here for it. Ladies, you should try it. Men, you should try it. Because maybe it'll help with y'all beard. Because you know, like sometimes the beard stuff gets weird and it looks like pigmentation. Does that make sense? Or am I going on a tangent? Sunny D is like looking and cracking up and I can't read her right now. So all of that makes sense just for Unikai as well as our listeners. Anytime that you are using something that um, works with the lightening or discoloration of your skin. We all know that we're supposed to be doing this anyway, but you really need to make sure you are not only applying your sunscreen, but also applying that sunscreen every two hours because your skin is more sensitive to the rays of the sun because it is a pill and a mask, which is a chemical treatment. So I am one minute years old when you just said, (laughs) apply sunscreen every two hours. What if I'm inside? So most of the time you're going to be outside within those two hours. But even if you are inside, you ain't on solitary confinement in the prison, in the prison, like you have windows, which are putting the sun's rays on you. Fun fact, sometimes those windows, like in your car and everything else can have a higher concentration of the sun rays because they are bouncing off of a mirror. But yes, you are still supposed to be putting on sunscreen every two hours. It even says so on the back of the bottles that nobody reads. But I read those bottles and I just think two hours is too much. Like that's just way too much on myself. That's just more product and product and product and product on my stuff, on my skin. You're also not supposed to be caking your face with sunscreen. It's supposed to be a thin layer on your face so that because you are applying it every two hours, it's not going to clog your pores like that. But you also are supposed to be double cleansing at night as well, which means washing your face and then washing your face again to make sure you're getting all of the product, dirt, and debris off of your skin. Because when you go to sleep at night, that is your body's chance to rejuvenate and to redo those bonds. So at night is when you're supposed to be slathering a heavy moisturizer on your skin to help with the replenishment of those cells. So y'all, can we just give a whole entire hand clap for this whole entire lesson we all just learned from Nate? Because... I just feel like I just went to a whole entire beauty school right now. And I'm just like, okay, I need to do all this. So thank you, girl. You're welcome. I have a question. Because like, not that I do this on a regular because I'm lazy and I do not. However, comma, what happens if I got a full face of makeup on? Am I still supposed to put sunscreen on on top of all of my stuff? And I use Black Girl Sunscreen and that's like $16. So to do that every two hours, I'm like, huh? Yes, you are still supposed to be applying your sunscreen. That is why for people such as you, they make this fun product called spray sunscreen (laughs) that you can spray on your face after you do your initial cream or liquid sunscreen that is going to protect you at first. And then after you apply your spray, you can go back um, with some translucent powder to set anything that has moved or anything else. If you can't tell, I spend way too much time on beauty, IG, and YouTube and everything else. No, I love it because I am now getting into more so like what does a true routine look like, like with face care or skincare, if that makes sense. And so I was like, looking into okay I was today years old when I found out there was a whole entire 10 step Korean method and I'm like wait 10 steps and they do this in the morning and at night 10 steps I'm like maybe I'm just lazy but 10 steps in the morning and at night and they do like that 10 step method is for real for us like you gotta do like an oil to pull it out then you cleanse then 
you do another cleanse, then you like tone, then you do a serum, then you have to do a face mask and you do all. I'm like, who got time to do this in the morning? And then also if you're doing a 10 step method and then on top of that, you're doing makeup, baby, your morning routine, should, you're going to be up at 3 a.m. to have to go to work at 8 and 3 to 7, you just doing your face. Are you going to take a shower? Do you have time to wash your ass? Like that's a lot. <laughs> Korean skincare is no joke. Like it is, they take it so seriously, but from what I hear, cause I low key wanted to like dip my toes in it. From what I hear, the stuff is like top notch as far as getting results and getting your skin clean and like all of the health benefits to it. Like they don't play with the Korean skincare. They really don't. However, comma, most of the ones that I see just be looking mad greasy. Like I'm not trying to have no dewy look. Like girl, you look like you just rubbed Vaseline on your face. But in fact, that is also back in style, just rubbing Vaseline on your face. But also, Nakai, if you are really taking care of your skin, you don't have to wear all that makeup because your foundation is set. And you really don't need a lot of products. Like I recommend trying what products work for you. But honestly, one thing that I found that really works for me is using tea tree oil and African black soap. So I use those two as well as just making sure that I am applying sunscreen because fun fact girlies, all of the serums and everything else don't matter if you're not putting on your sunscreen and you're still having hyperpigmentation. I agree with that and what you said, Nay, because like, again, me going down this rabbit hole of the 10 step Korean journey, the skincare journey, that's what one of them said. And they were like, you apply the thinner layers first and then your thicker layers out because their thicker layers will all penetrate, which I'm like, okay, okay. That's all cool and dandy. I'm just like, I'm just looking at the top. And plus, now you know I don't wear makeup. My makeup is an eyeliner, if that. So, but if somebody want to take the time to teach me, I'm willing to learn as long as I don't have to spend more than 30 minutes on doing makeup. I've seen so many different steps. Like my best friend has a whole thing. She has like the face steamer. And like anytime we go, I remember we went to Mexico for her birthday one time and she's pulling out all her stuff and we're unpacking. And it's literally like a salon's worth of products and me and my little makeup bag is all of six inches eight inches long and I got a couple of you know my night masks and that's it <laughs> some moisturizer call it a DIY and she has like this full salon's worth of stuff and like a full face steamer which mind you isn't travel size but she packed it anyway. And I'm like, this is really like, people really be doing this. And I like the concept because I know how good it is for your skin. I know that there are benefits to doing these multiple steps to get your skin clean. But I'm just like, the time that it takes to do, when are you, like you said, Nicole, when when do you get up? What time you got to be somewhere? Like, Listen, at this point, especially with me working from home, my my wash my face time is usually in the middle of the day when I think about it because I don't have anywhere to go. But man, it takes up a lot of time. Props to those that can do it. I'm not mad at you. You go, girl. Yeah, I even think like for me, I do a self-care day. And what that entails is me doing the face steamer. But that's like once every two weeks. And on top of that, that's planned. So I know on this day, I am doing a whole entire like face theme, mask, like hand mask, face mask, eye mask, lip mask. Like that's a day. For me to have to do that every day when I wake up, I, I apologize. Apologize. I just feel like my time, and let me let me say this: everybody utilizes your time because what's important to you is important to you. For me, that time is more beneficial for sleep, or more beneficial for me actually getting my mind right for the day. So that could be me meditating, that could be me praying, that could be me writing in my journal. So we just, I'm just gonna say, we look at time differently, and we're gonna spend it differently, which is true. That's how we all do it. It's just like money. Everybody spend money on what they want. So I have to share this. Something that I recently learned that really blew my mind. And then I tested it and I was like, oh, this is really like a thing that happens. So did you know that there is a different way to use like a manual can opener? Okay. Typically you have a manual can opener. You have it like off to the side of the can and you twist the little thing and it goes around, right? You're opening it from the side. You can actually open it, open the can from the top. Did you know that? Have you seen that? 
I haven't seen it, but my can opener creates a path such that it looks like you open it from the top. Like it doesn't have the inside, you know, in typical can openers where you twist it around and then the middle is what pops out. No, mine looks like if you just leave it by itself, it looks like it's completely closed still until you pull it up and you'll see the top half come off. Clearly I'm today years old because I did not know that that was a thing. I saw it on the interwebs and I saw somebody like they do the thing you know you have those videos where somebody does it and then it's like a, a dual screen and the other person's reacting they're like hold on let me try it and then they did it too and I was like pause so I went to the kitchen and I opened up a random can <laughs> in my pantry to figure out like is this like really a thing and sure enough it pops open from like the top and I was like has this always been a thing? Why? I was so confused and I was so perplexed. And I was like, this is really a thing. I haven't used it since because number one, I have an electric can opener and I got multiple cans open. So it's just easier. But I, I'm so used to opening it from the side. And I like the fact that the little middle part of the top could just fall to the bottom and I could throw everything away. That makes sense to me. But knowing that I can open it from the top, I was like, I, my mind was blown for real. That's funny. And yeah, Sunny, I mean, Nay has like literally bought her can opener and that's why I'm like I'm like yeah that's how we open cans but hey again today years old again today today years old I my aunt called me yesterday asking me and I'm gonna ask y'all this question how do y'all clean y'all toaster if y'all have a toaster and if you actually clean it so I take the little plate out the bottom and I'll brush the clump the crumbs out of there and then I flip it upside down and like shake it out over the trash receptacle kudos to you my little cousin did not know that so my aunt said she came in the kitchen and saw my cousin having the toaster upside down shaking it and she was like what are you doing she was like oh I'm trying to clean the toaster and she was like why don't you just remove the pan at the bottom or the uh, compartment at the bottom she was like there's no there's not one what are you talking about so my aunt shows her and she calls me she was like how do you clean a toaster and has me on speakerphone I'm like well there should be like a little compartment that you pull out and you clean that and then if you want to do extra you can like shake it and everything but I was like I wouldn't put it in a dishwasher or like like anything like that, <laughs> like, cause she didn't tell me like specifically what she was asking. She just asked me, how would you clean a toaster? And so that's what I was telling her. And she told me what my cousin did. And I was like, oh, poor children. But also, is it a poor children? Because I was like, did you show her how to clean that though? <laughs> like, Did you know? This is what frustrates me. We always buy all these appliances, be it big or small, and don't nobody read the instructions. We just taking it out the box and plugging it up and using it. Like it clearly says in the description, if you look at the little diagrams, where the little tray is, cleaning methods and everything else, but we don't read. Just like one thing that burns my gear. I know we all, you know, probably have single cup option things from your, um, your Keurig to your Nespresso, everything else. Igas, them things need to be clean. Anytime you introduce water to something, it is a breeding ground for bacteria. If I want a cup of tea and my water is not clear and it is brown because you got dirt and coffee buildup and everything else, you need to clean those things. They even make cute little pies that are rinse pies that you can, you know, put it in there and it'll clean it on out. Once again, people don't read the instructions. That little orange ball that they give you with your Keurig, that's how you can fill it with water and clean the needle by putting it in there and pressing up and down. Clean y'all's filthy machines. And if you have a regular coffee maker, what you need to do is you need to take water and vinegar and put that together and clean that. Quit being nasty and dirty. Sorry. I am here for that rant. <laughs> Oh, here for it because oh, at work um one of the ladies has a cure rig machine and somebody else went to go open it and when she opened it of course I passed by at that disgusting time she opened it and she was about to put her cure rig in there and I just looked and I was like that looks disgusting you drink out of this every day and she was like yeah and I said I think you should go to the hospital there's some stuff growing in you because that is not that's not normal so I'm particular with the coffee maker for this very reason because I have a routine when I make my coffee and after it brews, I immediately take the used cup, discard it and wipe everything down to flush it out and you're ready to go for the next time. Other people that have used said Keurig machine 
don't do that. And it makes me bananas. And I want to fight people. And by people, I mean my husband. Because he just leaves the little cup in the thing. And I don't know when he made his cup of coffee. Like his sleep schedule is totally different than mine. It could have been in there for days. For all I know, I have no idea. So now I got to flush out the whole machine every single time. And it makes me nuts up. And I'm like, this is how you do it. And you put it in this way and you threw it away. Stop messing up my coffee. Because that is the one constant in my life. Hey, I'm going to say this and then get off of my coffee rant. So your Keurig, if you have just the basic one and not the side-by-side one, it actually has numbers on the different components. So the little cup that your Keurig, well, your K-cup goes in, you can remove that. That's probably going to say one. There are at least two other things that you can remove. And what do you do with them? You put it in the sink and you wash it. So all that stuff don't build up. Also, in those instructions that don't nobody use, Keurig specifically tells you to do a rinse cup after every use. So after every use, you need to be doing in a eight ounce rinse of water to flush out the system. Now, I mean, water, water should be free, but it ain't. So I typically do a six ounce, but either way, you're supposed to be doing that rinse after every cup of coffee, not at the end of the week, not at the end of the month, not six months when your mama come and visit every cup. So speaking on appliances, kitchen gadgets, and all the things, I, don't, I keep hearing that it's a thing. I keep hearing that it's not a thing. So I want your perspective, your take, your experience on this. So you have an oven. Yes, most people have ovens. That bottom compartment in the oven, a lot of people who look like us use that for all the, sh- the bakeware, right? The cookie sheets are there, the muffin tins, the pizza, you know, cookie sheet or whatever. Like all those things are down there. That old spotted container that your grandmama make the, the dressing in, that's under there, right? That's the thing. That's what we do. I keep seeing these videos that suggest that that drawer is actually a warming drawer. So when you're cooking multiple dishes, you can put some dishes in that drawer to keep them warm while you're using the oven for something else. Now, I see videos where people are like, they're down there and they're like basting, you know, a fucking turkey or some ribs or something. I don't know what they're doing, but there's food in that bottom like drawer of the oven, below the oven. And then some people are like, no, that you just store stuff in. And for the most part, I'm the person, not even for the most part, because I still do this. All my bakeware, tins and stuff, they're under the oven currently. But in this particular home, is the first time where we've had a gas oven. So there's actual flames that's coming from the bottom of the oven to warm the oven so that we can actually cook our food in said oven, which then brought this thing back to me like, wait a minute, if the heat is down here, like literal flames, am I supposed to use this for warming food or something? Or are my sheet pans cool? Because if I'm using the oven and I realize I need to get a cookie sheet for, I don't know, some garlic bread or something, all of my bakeware and stuff is hot when I go get it because that's where the heat is in this particular oven. I didn't have this issue with my electric oven. So now your girl's confused. I need to know your thoughts. So according to a good Google search, well, a quick Google search, it says that there could be three reasons for that drawer. One, it could be storage, but it gets real hot there. So be careful. Make sure that what you're storing is oven state safe. Two said that it could be a warmer. And to see if it is a warmer, a lot of times it will have um, dials or buttons below within the drawer itself that have a warming setting. So it could be a warmer or it can even be where you put your dishes on the broil. And if that's the case, then it also should have indicators like buttons or knobs that it is a broiling drawer. Find this fascinating. And I say that because I don't know how big it all is to put a turkey down there, but mine is literally so thin and so small that the only thing you can put in there is like one or two baking sheets. So I'm like, how big is this drawer under your oven? And then I think of like my um, grandma's house or my um, mom's house. And even under their oven, it's like their drawer is a little bit bigger, but it's electric. Well, my grandmother's gas and hers is electric, but my grandmother doesn't keep anything under there. So that's why I'm like, this is very fascinating. But mine is like this thin. Like you can't put nothing in there. What food you put in there? And why is that food on the bottom? I don't like that. That's just too close to the floor. 
way too close to the floor. So ours is a good like six, eight inches deep. So like all of our cookie sheets, muffin pans, bake pans, round ones, the square ones along with like all of those are down there. Like they all fit up under it. And they always have every kitchen that I've ever had. That's where the bakeware would go. But I've this is the first time I've ever had a gas stove. So or in a gas oven, apparently. So I remember one time I was baking something and I needed to go down there to get another cookie sheet or something. And the bitch was hot. And I like, I was like, oh, and I could actually see like the flames from the oven. And I was like, and that's what sparked my thought. Like, wait, do we use this other than storage? Like, am I not supposed to have pans down here? Because all of these mofos is hot. And I feel like I could probably bake muffins while, you know, I have the salmon in the oven or something like that. But yeah, it's our spot has a big thing. We store all of our stuff in there, but I've never known that bottom part to really be as hot as it is, especially if I got my oven on like four, 450. I can't use none of my stuff. I have to be prepared to use all of my stuff before I turn the oven on. Otherwise, I'm going to burn myself. It's so funny that y'all even mentioned the storage component because I was always under the impression that nothing was supposed to go under there. And that was just an area to vent out your oven. Yes. So that's just a little space where the excess heat and smoke and everything else go. So historically in my household as a married person, as a single person, and with my house growing up, we didn't store anything down there. That's what my grandma said. That's why she don't put anything under hers. Oh yeah. So where y'all keep that um, bakeware thing that all the grandmothers have that's like either navy blue with the white spots or it's black with the white spot where all the dressing goes? You know what I'm talking about now. This is why when we look for places to stay, I always want somewhere with a lot of counters space and a lot of cabinet space because your girl got a lot of cookware so I need that also we have a rolling utility cart that we sometimes use for additional storage for our bakeries but if you look at my counter you're gonna see a George Foreman a Keurig like the carafe and the k-cup a crock pot a blender a microwave we got stuff (laughs) so we always need somewhere with a fairly nice size kitchen. This whole thing fascinates me. I feel like at least once a month, I'm always like, well, I'll be damned. Is it just me? (laughs) Every time I see something new, I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Yes and no. I probably do that as well, but I forget what I was so fascinated and curious about. However, my favorite discovery was the mason jar in the blender discovery. So for our audience who do not know, if you take your standard mason jar size, not the not the wide mouth ones, but your standard ball mason jar size, and you have a old school blender. So not your neutral bullets, not your um, one of them instant, nothing like that. Just a basic, probably Oster, because in the Black community, everybody had a little white Oster blender. You unscrew the base, you take out the O-ring, you take out the blades. That thing perfectly fits on your mason jar. So you can do single-use smoothies and everything else. Caveat, don't be putting no real hot stuff in there because glass can shower with pressure and temperature and everything else. But it's really, really good for your single-use smoothie drinks and I think I hypnotized it this one time your cocktails fun times oh the things we learn and learn and learning I'm loving it um so this is very random but I just learned <laughs> we all hear the saying open sesame do y'all know what that really what it's really supposed to be no so it's supposed to say open says me but somebody probably didn't this is why articulation and pronunciation is real because this whole entire time I everybody say open sesame open sesame and it's supposed to say open says me (laughs) that's real cute one of my favorites though is um the same mind your p's and q's y'all know where that came from so mind your p's and q's was i think a old european term that barmaids used to say, and it stood for mind your pints and quarts, which is what beer was served as. So mind your P's and Q's is mind your pints and quarts. We just took it to me, well, 
took it and translated it to other things. I mean, the stuff that we don't know about, like I even think about like sleeping and I don't know, like, are y'all a side sleeper, back sleeper, stomach sleeper, up sleeper, neck sleeper? What are y'all? So I cannot go to sleep on my back. I'm usually on my side or fully on my stomach, buried under all of the blankets and comforters and in between the pillows. Like people have to come check on me to make sure I'm breathing, burritoed in. But I don't stay that way. I will almost always wake up on my back. I can't go to sleep on my back, but somehow I'll end up there and that's how I wake up, which is also odd. I don't know why. I am a side and a belly sleeper, but interesting fact is I cannot go to sleep with my head fully under a blanket. I have to have a even the most minuscule opening of fresh air because by the time you wake up in the morning, you got morning breath done occurred, farting done occurred. I need me a hole and a fresh air pathway. So yeah, I can't go to sleep with my head completely covered. I need a little bitty hole for my fresh air. <laughs> I asked that because I'm a back sleeper, but I've noticed that I'm starting to sleep. I know I am a back sleeper. Like I sleep on my back and I notice like I'm starting to gear towards my left side a little bit more. And I'm like, why? And so I realized, because I was, of course, doing a Google search of like, what's the difference between, um, what's the best way to sleep? And so I was today years old when I found out if you are a side sleeper, you should always, always, always sleep on your left side and not your right. Why? Because sleeping on your left side alleviates uh, acid reflux and heartburn. It boosts digestion, stimulates the drainage of toxins from your lymph nodes, improves circulation, and helps the brain filter out waste. And also it helps your heart. And I'm like, dang, they don't tell you none of this. <laughs> so I was like, if I didn't do a Google search, I know, Nay, I know. Cause like for me, I sleep on my back. So I'm like, okay, this isn't a problem. But now it's like, okay, I'm starting to gear towards my left. And my brain was like, well, why? And so that why prompted me to learn about this. I have a question. Is that your left shoulder down and your body turned that way? Or is it your right shoulder down and your body turned that way? Literally your left shoulder down and your whole entire body is on the sleeping on the left side. Oh, because I'm a right sleeper then. Start switching. No. With your little hole peeking out. No. She said no. I'm not. That's good to know though, but I'm not. I do have to have my, like, maybe a little foot poking out just for circulation. You know what I'm saying? I've noticed I've been doing that lately. I'll like cocoon myself with my little air pocket so that I can breathe comfortably. And then I'll either have like an angle out for, because you know we get hot under there. I have my little angle out for like a circulation or lately I've been doing where I pull the cover over my hip. So like my butt's out, but my legs are still covered. My torso's still covered. <laughs> circulation. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Also, I do have to have a fan on because I need air circulation. Like I can't, it gets stuffy to me. I'll have the window open. Like it's, I need to breathe. I feel like that's in black people's genetics. It could be zero degrees outside below zero. We gonna have that fan on. Okay. I have another, I have two more for y'all. So <laughs> do y'all know what the newspaper stand for or the acronym for newspaper? You do? What is it? Newspapers and acronym? The whole thing? Yeah. yeah. No, I guess just news. Technically, no, all of it. It's all. It's like news, entertainment, weather, sports. It's something about the things that it describes and that it happens today. But go ahead. No, it stands for Northeast, West, South, Past, and Present Events Report. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. I told you that's what it's the things that's happening today. It's the wrong words, but it was the gist. Ain't no way. <laughs> When I saw that, I was like, who the hell? I'm glad they made that acronym, though. Because who's going to be like, can you bring me that North, East, West, South, Past, and Present event report? No. Yeah. No, I think that was one of them. I think that was one of them acronyms that came after the fact. You know how words be happening, and then we'd be like, well, let's find what this means. Did nobody really say all that. They didn't. They barely knew how to talk. Words are a new invention. Okay. Yeah, ready for the next one. So, you know, the tag in your, um, <laughs> not tag in your thing, the tag. Like if you're playing tag, you're it. Do you know what that stands for? That's an acronym too. <laughs> so I'm going to get mad. <laughs> Touch and go. If y'all can see this side eye. What's the S stand for? In tag? I thought you T-A-G? said tags. No, tag. Touch and go. Um, I feel like these are just bad dad jokes. Yes. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> that can't, that's not a thing. 
<laughs> That's not a thing. Where are you finding this information? And it does not help that Nakaya is almost rolling on the ground laughing <laughs> because she has so tickled herself. Okay, one for the Winnie the Pooh watchers. Okay, you know this one? You know where I'm going with this one? Yeah. <laughs> Sunny D's like, what the fuck? <laughs> So did you know that Winnie the Pooh is a girl and Winnie was called a he in the books, but she was really named after a female bear. But we call him, we call Winnie the Pooh a he. Wasn't the name like Winifred or something, Wendy, something like that, that it was named after something like that, right? Why doesn't the bear have any pants on? Can we talk about that? But you wearing a shirt. I thought we were going to talk about the psychological um, thought process that all of the Winnie the Pooh character represent a different mental illness. But we're we not talking about that today. I don't think so. I guess I'm going to be 30 seconds years old when I find this out. What? Oh, you haven't heard this? It's interesting. I haven't heard this. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like all of the Winnie the Pooh characters represent a different mental illness. Un momento, and I will tell you what they say. I'm intrigued. I am intrigued. But while you find that out, I'm going to give you another one. Okay. I know these are random, but I was like, these are so cool because I'm today years old. The uh, thing like this little piggy went to the market doesn't mean he went to food, went to go food shopping it's <laughs> getting slaughtered that is something i learned as i got older and i remember finding that out and i was like oh <laughs> like i'm upset <laughs> really used to be singing that all the time as kids um butcher shops okay so according to the first site that i saw winnie the pooh suffers from adhd piglet is anxious well has an anxiety disorder rue is on the autism spectrum tigger alternates between impulsivity and hyperactivity eeyore has chronic dysthymia and that's when you know a type of severe depression kanga has social anxiety, rabbit has OCD, and Christopher Robin signifies schizophrenia symptoms. And I, owl is dyslectic. Um, yeah. Oh, it says Winnie could also be impulsive and Piglet and Pooh have self-esteem issues. Or Al could also have a narcissistic personality disorder and Winnie can also be a binge eater. Created this show. Like, <laughs> somebody going through it. You had to be or you were a person that was legit like going through your doctoral program and you were like, you know what? I, I got to get this out. And you created this whole entire Winnie the Pooh because I'm like, dang, every single character got something? Who? Is there one that doesn't have anything? But I guess this is a true reflection of life of that everybody has something that they're going through where there's anxious, social anxiety, Eeyore, depressed. That makes sense why Eeyore was so sad all the time. Makes so much sense. I feel like some of these new discoveries, they should all be logs somewhere like there should be like a running article a running list a running document on the things that we discover that apparently has always existed but we've only used them in a certain way because that's how we were taught to use them or we just now discovered them by accident or something random like that like somebody has a document somewhere I'm sure of all of this randomness because Again, at least once a week, I'm like, I'll be there. I didn't know that. Okay, two things, and then I'm going to get off of the cartoon. Also, they said that the SpongeBob characters have mental illness representations. And I know y'all heard that all of the Disney movies are in the same universe. That one's also always like interesting to me. Like the Frozen girls, the trip that their parents went on was the same one that is shown in, is it Jungle Book? And they have the same parents. Tarzan. Thank you, Jay. Tarzan. So Tarzan and Elsa and them got the same parents, but their parents died when they crashed into that one place in Tarzan. I ain't seen Tarzan in a while, so followers, y'all help me. But yeah, that's where they were going to in the trip. So they're related. And then like just all of them are interconnected. And sometimes if you look and see there's Easter eggs because the creators of the Disney movies, they know that we then did this. So you'll see different Easter eggs from other movies, like in the background of other movies. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of them. There'll be like a little Mickey Mouse figurine or somewhere in the back corner that you're not 
really paying attention to. They do a lot of that with Pixar. You'll see a lot of references to like Toy Story or Monsters, Inc. in like other related but not related movies. They, yeah, which I never thought about them existing in the same universe. I just thought that was something Disney did to see if he was paying attention. So is there going to be a movie where Tarzan meets the, the Frozen girls and their siblings and they're like, oh, yay, you're, you know, your parents had us over here and then they came over here and had you guys and then they both died. No, because that would be too much like, right. That's why they say in all the Disney movies, either they ain't got no mommy or the mamas always die. Because Walt Disney had some kind of like negative mommy complex. So now them kids ain't never gonna meet their parents and their siblings. That makes sense. Yeah, his mom died at early age. So that reflects in every single uh, film. But dang, did not know that. So I think this is so interesting of like how no matter what we're going to keep learning, right? Through every single day of our lives. Like Sunny D, how you said every week you're learning like, oh man, this is something new. I knew this is how you now use a can opener. This is how Disney works. Um, But in all of this, it's like, it's just still sparks the joy of learning something new, the funness of finding out like I was today years old when I found out blah, blah, blah. We're going to transition to our next segment to Moments of Melanation, which is one of our favorite segments. Moments of Melanation. And so today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. Today's Moments of Melanation is highlighting cards for all people, but specifically their Black card revoked card game. Now, listeners, I know cards for all people organization is not Black people only. It looks mad melanated, but I know it's not all Black people. But bear with me because I think the Black Heart Revoke team is all Black. The answer, this is what Cards of All People say in regards to their business. It says, an answer for the culturally curious, Cards for All People makes fun, nostalgia-filled, casual party games that test knowledge of cultural milestones and moments. Our games aim to bring people of all types together through laughter and friendly debate. We aim to make it easier for people to find great products that celebrate their background and experiences. We make a number of popular party games, including Black Card Revoked, Original Flavor, Girls' Night Out, Lip Service with Angelo Yee, Latino Card Revoked. Personally, in my household, we have the Black Card Revoked Original Flavor X because Black Card Revoked has about six different editions at this point. Saved saved and sanctified expansion prep for the Black Card Revoked because you know, we we keep it petty, but we keep it holy in this house as well. Black History Expansion Pack, because Jay is a history buff, and I need to learn more about my people in the world. And the Lip Service by Angela Yee Expansion Pack, because y'all can read the description of that and figure out why we got it in the house. But we have not played these games. They look really, really cool. We're probably going to start playing it tonight, so I'm super excited to talk to y'all in the future about how much fun it was. But ladies, I know y'all seen this on Instagram. What are your thoughts? I went to um, actual home. What is it called? A home warming? House warming? House warming. And it was like a house warming slash game night. And we actually played Black Card Revoked. It was hilarious. When I say half half of us got our Black Card Revoked. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Some of the questions are like, dang, I don't know. How am I supposed to know this? And the other questions are like, how do you not know this? Because one of them was like a Tupac lyric. And one of the girls was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And we were like, but it's Tupac. Like if you black, you know, Tupac, like that, that's just like a rite of passage. No matter how old you are, yo, somebody in your family has been jamming Tupac. And it was the main one to keep your head up. Really? Y'all know that song? We taking that black heart. Yeah. So that one was really fun. And I really, really, really cannot wait for you to play lip service because that is the one I'm like really interested in. And I'm like, oh, I want to know how this is. Yeah, I, I think this is fascinating. I think it's great that there are cards for the culture, specifically our culture. But the, I see they have like a Latino car revoke team, girls night. Like there's so many different categories and I love that so I like this one I agree I have always loved like a good game night like I love board games I've played them since I was a kid I love playing them as an adult and having these specific games that are culturally relevant and things that you can like relate to as black people I always find to be really interesting and I'm loving that there's actually a lot more even outside of cards for all people that are 
are resurging because I feel like there's a lot of different ways to play these card games. And I just think they're so, I just think they're so fun. And I love seeing people play them online. Like people are posting videos of them playing these things. And I'm over here guessing. I'm, listen, I'm just watching, but I'm playing too low key. But I think they're so fun because it's some of these facts that you think you know, but maybe in reality, you really don't. And I know that I, even outside of playing the actual card game, just normal things where people are like, if you haven't seen XYZ, you're going to get your black card revoked. And one of my favorite posts I'd be seeing is which one of these will get your black card revoked? And I have not seen the color purple, among other things. So like, I know there are things that will absolutely get my card revoked, but I feel like that's like the fun of the game. So I think things like this are great. And I love that there's new ways to like have a game night because game nights are like the best time. One of the interesting things about this is that not only do they have questions that are clearly a right or wrong answer, they also have questions that are based on perspective and bias. So you get to vote on which answer is right. Parents, if you have kids in the room, I need you to get them out for the next minute or two or turn the volume down. So Nakai, here's one of the questions that I think you would like. It says, answer the question. Your guy really loves you if they let you do what? A, squirt in their face. B, put a dildo in their butt. C, fart in their mouth. Or D, ruin their credit. Damn. To answer the question, is there is this on a right question or is it a majority vote? Majority vote. Okay, so Sunday, that means you got to answer it too. So <laughs> I'm gonna let Sunday go first. I feel like A through C options, you don't necessarily have to have love involved. That person just got to be a freak and got to be down with it. So there's just consent at that point. I feel like somebody really got to love you to F up your credit, to bail you out of jail, to pay such and such debt, to to co-sign on any goddamn thing. I got to love you. So I'm going to go with D, right? There's only four answers, right? I think so. I'm going to go with room and credit. I like your perspective. I like your perspective because I'm thinking like, I don't know. I feel like your guy really got to love and trust you if they are not by to let you put a dildo in their ass. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. think about if you are in if you have a heterosexual guy who's very masculine you don't they don't want you playing with the anus they like nah that's that gay shit leave me alone Mm -mm. but for them to be like okay i'm a trust i love you enough to trust you to try this in the midst of our sacred place where you ain't gonna be like telling your boys oh remember when you let me put that dildo in your ass yesterday and i say that because i'm really big on like most of the people in my circle that i don't love ain't got nothing to do with credit love ain't got nothing to do with that you just not gonna mess it up like i'm not co-signing <laughs> i'm not dealing with that because i don't want to pay i don't want to pay my bills i'm not about to add your stuff to mine so what's the right answer so this was one of the your personal perspective two things that guy so one it didn't say your credit it says your guy's credit so ruin his credit sis number two you know in the year of our lord 2023 these guys are more open to owning their sexuality for a lack of better words. And you know, it's been shown in plenty of research that that peak spot can give you lots of orgasms. So I don't think the hetero guys are as far removed from letting people do that as you may think, especially now when they talking about putting tongues in booty at this point. If you put a tongue in your booty, it's, I mean, the booty fair game at this point. But last one, and we are not going to give them any more free publicity. Wait, what this was one your is, answer? Because if that was a majority vote, you got to break it. I'll run your credit. I'm like, Sunny D, all the other ones, you just need to find somebody that's ready to go. That ain't love. That's kink matching kink. Last question. This has a right or wrong answer, but it's slang. It's the phrase that means to come in someone's mouth and then have them spit it back in yours. Is that A, semen swapping, B, blowfishing, C, snowballing, or D, curling? I feel like I've never heard any of these terms. I haven't either, but I feel like blowfishing makes the most sense. The answer is C, snowballing. But why? I guess it's because, you know, when you take a snowball and you put it down the hill, it gathers more snow and accumulates. And if you spit in somebody's mouth and then they spit it back in yours, it accumulates more liquid. I don't know. I didn't make up the term. This is only my interpretation of why the word fits the definition. But that's what it says. I don't know why, but this just sounds disgusting. It's a lot that's of a bacteria swapping. and That sounds like a lot of tequila was involved. Or 
or is it someone's kink? Listen, I was going to say, that's not my kink. That's not something that I would partake in. I don't think I could get down like that. People do it, obviously, because it's a thing and now it has a word and a definition. But yeah, I can't see that being, I can't see me being so into something or to be so into someone that all of that is partaking. And it's not even just spit, right? Yeah, nah, I'm good on that one. No balling. But is it more you being down for it or the partner being down for it? I mean, you got to have some type of consent and participation in it. Right. Because you're kind of the one that gets the easy route in the trend. Okay, never mind. This might be a blueprint after dark conversation. It is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like... This is like a conversation I actually want to keep having, like having, but this ain't the episode for that. So, so today years old. Why was I going there? I was like, so y'all, I was today years old when I found out snowballing has nothing to do with money or snow, but balls. I miss you, ladies. <laughs> I miss y'all too. Oh man, that was good. That was good. I feel like we should have an episode where we actually play this um, at Blueprint After Dark. We actually play this. Um, invite some of the guys on and see what it really gonna be. The answers. A mm-hmm. Blueprint After Dark one, and then just a regular PG version because this game is a lot of fun. So I think the PG version would have to be like the black car revoked or um satan satan sent some sanctified yeah amen praise the lord amen praise the lord (laughs) but yeah um and with that y'all know we end every single episode with the uh, affirmation and today's affirmation is i'm a lifelong learner i am curious and enjoy learning more about this world i'm a part of i enjoy that because i think as humans we really should be a lifelong learner because when she stopped learning i feel like that's when you you're physically here but you're mentally dead if that makes sense So guys, you know, we come up with all of the content, but this is y'all's podcast too, uh, to some extent. So please, if you have any other topics that you want us to delve more into, any topics you want to hear our takes on, because you know, we keep it popping hot out there here, email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or hit up that little drop box on our website at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Once again, you can email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or drop us a little comment, a little note, a little suggestion at where'smyblueprintpod.com. Thank you, Nate. So y'all can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Um, check out the blog for all naysays at where'smyblueprintpod.com. New episodes drop every single Wednesday. Um, and also, if y'all have any... Um, Yeah, just follow us. We out. Over and out. Bye. Peace out.